0: After seven months of the coronavirus pandemic, an election season that is beyond unusual, and numerous other stressors, many of us are feeling depleted and run down. It is called surge capacity, and science writer Tara Haley has recently written about this and how you can overcome the feeling of being absolutely overwhelmed by the world right now. Amanda LeClaire is with me to
1: tell us more. Hi. Hey, good afternoon, Rob. Uh, you know, this is such an exhausting time and collectively we're all struggling. I can say personally struggling very much today after that insane debate last <laughs> night. Uh, and so maybe not just today, but in the past seven months, I would venture to say that the great majority of us have had some very, very difficult weeks. And that's why we have Tara Haley on the line. She's recently written about her own struggles with this for the website medium. And she joins us now. Now, Tara, thanks for joining Culture Shift.
0: Hi, thanks for having me on.
1: So, uh, let's just start off. Can you describe exactly what you mean when you say we've reached surge capacity? What What is that? Well, most people have heard of surge capacity
0: as it relates to, for example, a hospital or a company where you have a system wide ability to manage a sudden overflow of something happening, depending on what your business is. Well, our bodies kind of have that too, and if you think about the person who is super strong and It's this burst of adrenaline to lift up the car when someone's trapped. That's like the super, super short-term version of that. Um, You know, we have these sort of built-in resilience, both emotionally, mentally, physically. um, But that is, you know, to get us through disasters, short-term situations that are really stressful. But that, it doesn't last forever. Uh, You can't just indefinitely be in that state of emergency where you're operating at that slightly elevated level to compensate for the situation. Um, if, when the situation drags on, you run out of that search capacity. You, you've exceeded what you're capable. It's as though a, a hospital had patients coming in nonstop for months. They just can't do it.
1: And so you write about your your own personal uh, journey with this. So uh, in in this article in Medium, you talk about you have a you have ADHD, and I yes. uh, you the way your brain works is especially under times of intense stress, short-term times, you kind of rise to the occasion. Uh, And that's what happened when the pandemic started for you, but then you had a crash. Can you take us through that journey?
0: Yeah. So the ADHD thing, I've had ADHD all my life and I, I do well juggling lots of different stuff at once. That's actually comfortable for me when I'm, you know, kind of, being just at my tipping point is good for me. Usually the problem is when that tipping point tips over and then you are not so good anymore. And what happened was I was doing great in March and April. I was, you know, I write about infectious disease and this was an area I had a lot of knowledge in. So I was helping a lot of other people understand things and kind of cruising along. And then June, I started to slow down. And then July, I just, I, I went on to a, a professional group on social on Facebook with other women journalists, and I basically said, "How are you guys doing?" Because I'm not doing okay. And then I just, you know, vomited these words of uh, everything that's going wrong. I've missed these deadlines. I can't write this. I I can't concentrate on anything. I'm snapping at my children, and I was bawling when I was writing it. And I expected a couple of women to say, "Oh, I know what that feels like. I'm so sorry." And instead, I had this overwhelming response of more than a hundred comments saying oh, my goodness, me too, I thought it was just me. And that was kind of the discovery, oh, I, it's not just me who's sort of crashing and not sure how to get back up again. Um, and one of my, one, an editor of mine at Medium happened to see that post and was like, hey, not to add more to what you were just describing, but would you like to write about this? And I thought, well, if I'm experiencing this, and so many other people just immediately picked up on it, it's, I'm, there's clearly something going on here. There's something in the zeitgeist where it's not just me and maybe it's not even just ADHD. Like that's what I attributed it to, but maybe this is just a more human universal thing that we rise to the occasion, but you just can't keep that up nonstop. At at a certain point, your body says, no, stop. We need to recover.
1: And we're not in recovery yet. So we're kind of stuck so when you, when you had that crash uh, and you went to go see, you write about your psychiatrist visit, uh, that what you were feeling wasn't symptoms of depression that you'd felt before, wasn't symptoms of just exhaustion, but something entirely different. And so when, when you had that visit with your doctor, uh, what, did they, what did they say?
0: Well, for them, I mean, mostly what they had to do was just see if my meds needed to be tweaked. And we, and we did tweak them a little bit. But, you know, we also talked about getting enough sleep, whether I was going outside often enough, getting some physical activity. And I was doing all of those things. Um, what actually helped me the most was seeing how other women, you know, other professional women that I admire were feeling the same way and realizing that I could have some compassion for myself and give myself permission to mope even more than I already was. In other words, to to be even more forgiving about the fact that, yo, hey, we're in a pandemic. <laughs> this doesn't happen every day. This, doesn't, this only happens once a century, maybe. Um, and the extent to which it's disrupted our lives, it's totally reasonable to be really out of sorts and struggling to concentrate because we don't think about the background noise of grief and loss that we've had. You know, we have this, we, we've lost an entire way of life. We can't just freely walk into anywhere we want right now. Um, you know, we, we have to wear masks to protect ourselves and others. We have to, you know, some places aren't even open right now. So our, our entire way of living and existing has been upended and has not returned to normal yet. And we don't know when it will return to normal. So for us to feel off kilter and uncertain and struggle concentrating, those are all very normal human reactions. It, it just means that we're people
1: yeah we we'll talk a little bit more about the symptoms that you were feeling because I, I think you know it, it, there are there are some people who are very acutely aware of their internal emotions and what's happening and if there's turmoil and then there are others of us who are not and who just kind of push everything down, you know, and maybe yeah. don't really understand that even though you haven't maybe lost someone personally uh, during this coronavirus or someone very, very close to you, the Environment that we are all in right now is wearing us down.
0: Definitely, one of the things that I think was the key was the loss of concentration. And it's funny to say that as someone with ADHD, but I mean, I, I've managed my ADHD well for years, and I have been very successful in my career. So I knew it wasn't just you know me. Um, but I, I could not focus on things. I, I couldn't write the way that I could before. And I would get distracted very easily, or even when I, I wasn't distracted, but I was just sitting there trying to write, it it was different than writer's block. I've experienced writer's block. I've experienced anxiety. I've experienced depression. I've experienced boredom. This is like all of those turned up to 11 with burnout layered on top of it. Um, so feeling like if you if you're just not enjoying things as much as you used to, or you feel kind of listless, like... Sort of this chronic boredom like you're bored but you don't want to do anything but you're bored but you don't want to do anything um you know you just it's harder to motivate yourself to do things that normally aren't hard to motivate yourself to do all of those and it's it's essentially a form of burnout but it's sort of a a more global burnout as opposed to burnout just at work it's kind of everything um together and i think what when I, when I described in there was sort of this, this anxiety tainted depression, you know, mixed with NUI with an inability to concentrate. It's kind of all of that mixed together and not very easy to distinguish all those different things.
1: And so you write about this feeling of um, not just uncertainty. We keep talking about adjusting to the new normal, but that new normal is basically just unending uncertainty and. Uh, about the future, we don't even re- know what's going to happen in the next few months. So it's so hard, I could say for me personally, really hard to even say, okay, what's uh, what's my plan three months from now? you know? because it changes day to day, right? week to week, at least. So uh, when we put that into context of this massive grief that we're all feeling for people, for the environment, for our way of life, for uh, you know our daily situations, Grief has stages, but they don't always go in an, a linear fashion.
0: Yeah, almost never do they go in a linear are they're, they're all mixed together. I mean, you know, depression, anger, ba- bargaining, denial, acceptance. I mean, you could accept what's going on one day and then be in total denial the next, then be angry about it the next day, and then depressed later that night. I mean, that's, it's normal to go through that. What makes this different from normal grief is that we, there's finality when someone dies. You know that they're dead. There's, there's closure, even if there were things left unsaid that you wished had been said. Like you said, our new normal is a lack of a normal. There's no, you know, the new normal right now is different than whatever the new normal is going to be in two weeks. We don't know what it's going to be because things are shifting. It makes it difficult to make plans. You know, usually we... One of the things we do is have we look forward to things. We can't plan vacations right now. We don't know where we can go and when and what it will be like. So the inability to even plan accordingly makes it harder. At the same time, you can look at this as an opportunity. And I don't mean an opportunity to write the great American novel or learn a new language, but an opportunity to try living in the here and now a little bit more than we usually do. Um, trying to find ways to enjoy the present moment a bit more than we perhaps normally do when we're working so much on planning ahead. So there, there are opportunities there, too, but that doesn't take away the fact that the uncertainty is difficult. Are there? You know, I heard you mention sleep as one of the sort of coping strategies to get through this period of time. What are some of the other you know, methods that you're finding effective as you're trying to move through this? Well, um, one of the things the article discusses is building up a resilient bank account, which I I can't take credit for that term. That was Michael Maddow, a surgeon Mm -hmm. in Minnesota who came up with that. But he lists the things that are sort of part of building up resilience over time. And one of them is gratitude, just, you know, taking a few moments each day to, to recognize what you do have. It's easy to remember what you lost, but there's things that we still have or things we've gained so uh, um, gratitude, exercise, some people have already been able to exercise, others find it even more difficult because gyms are closed or the weather's not good for running or the, you know, the fires are stopping you from running, all different kinds of reasons. Um, saying no, and I also translated that as doing nothing. I have found that it has been helpful for me to go outside each morning with my dogs and just sit outside, which I never used to do before, um, not play around on my phone not read something, just sit. And I, you know, that was something I didn't used to do. It's almost like a form of meditation. Um, Sleep is tricky. I mean, that's another way you can tell if things aren't going well, is if you're struggling to sleep. I would say that people who have unusual sleep schedules, get your sleep where you need it. Uh, Take advantage of the fact that you don't have to get up at nine and, you know, go nine to five or, or everybody. Some people do, but not everyone does. Um, meditation and mindfulness uh, there's all kinds of wonderful apps where you can start to look for those and there's all kinds of peer-reviewed studies showing the benefits of mindfulness meditation um, connection finding ways to connect with other people with your family with your friends you know looking for social activities that you can do online or socially distanced um, you know working on your nutrition and eating well and I think the most important one is self compassion just recognizing that you are human and that is okay. You don't have to be a superhuman and it is okay that you are not able to function at your hundred percent like you normally would. Um, right now, if if you're doing 60 or 70%, you're doing really well.
1: You know, Tara, I'd like to talk a little bit more about the, um, the aspect of uh, the relationships you talked about connecting with other people and, Mm -hmm. and, and more in a way, I don't know if you've experienced this in the last few weeks, but, I've seen a lot of people <laughs> in public situations, strangers at the grocery store and the gas station, uh, sort of freak out on each other. You know, um, all the stress that we are under that that, <laughs> that particular breaking point. How, how can we learn to navigate strange the strangers in public and how we relate to them and knowing maybe when somebody is not doing well and to have a little more compassion for them?
0: I think it's important to recognize that all of us are at this stage in some form, no matter what our political beliefs are or preferences, no matter whether we, you know, whatever our attitude is towards the pandemic and, um, you know, the, the divisions that are going on related to race and police and all, all, you know, the wildfires, everything that's happening, all of us are feeling that stress, every single person. It's impossible for them not to because life just isn't normal right now. And I think taking a deep breath, and sort of stepping back and recognizing that you know you might have a strong dislike for something that you see in that person but just trying to acknowledge that they are experiencing some kind of pain and perhaps even that pain is what's motivating them to say or do or show whatever it is that they're doing that is upsetting um, but it's 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 actually really normal in periods again of stress or scarcity for people to become more insular, to become more easily irritated. That's that's normal. Um, so you kind of have to be patient with yourself at the same time that you're being patient with others.
1: Yeah, you know, we we talk about, uh, you know, we look back on history. We talk about uh, the Great Depression and World War II, the Greatest Generation of that time, people coming together and uh, and 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 working through. World War II, what was happening at the time. Um, and I, I truly hope that during this particular situation, uh, we will be able to come together as a country uh, instead of being divided as well. Tara. That would be nice. Thank you so much for joining Culture Shift today. Tara Haley is a science journalist, a public speaker, and author of Vaccine Investigations. You can find her article, Our Brains Struggle to Process Grief. It's, where it's surge capacity at medium.com. This is Culture Shift.
0: culture Show.